0: So we're going to be going through uh, John chapter thirteen. We'll be going from verses one through seventeen. Uh, let me just read through it. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had, he should his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside His garment, took a towel and girded Himself. <clears throat> After that, He poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of His, wash the feet, disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which He was girded. Then He came to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" Jesus entered and said to him, "What I am doing to you now, you do not understand, but will know after this." Verse eight. Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Jesus, Jesus answered, "If I do not wash your feet, or wash you. You have no part with me." Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head." And Jesus said to him. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, Throughout John here, he's going to go all the way to verse uh, chapter seventeen. This period from chapter thirteen to seventeen covers about a twenty-four to thirty-six hour hours here. Um, Jesus is uh, here with his disciples, the twelve. Uh, we know he's encouraging them. He's giving them instruction. He's going to pray for him, them, and pray for those who don't know him. And so, from here, from Chapter 13 to 17, it's it's about this time that he's sharing with them. So it starts here with verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should be, depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now the Passover, we all know there was a Jewish festival commemorating the Exodus from Egypt. You remember when... Um, God brought them out of Egypt. He gave them instructions uh, of how to slay the animal and to put the blood on the doorposts. And then when the angel of death came through, he would not strike them. Um, Which uh, also was a beginning of a new uh, year for them, which they have the religious calendar and a civil calendar. It was held on the 14th of the first of the month. The month is Abib, which is our April. Like I said, they have a religious calendar and a civil calendar, as I mentioned last time I did the study. Um, that religious calendar started there when he says this is a, a new year, a new beginning for you guys from that fourth point, from that point forward, they have a calendar from that on um, so they were told you know to, to, to uh, do this uh, Passover meal throughout their generations you know, and we know they they would do it uh, even now. They still practice that, yet they don't. They can't sacrifice animals because they don't have a place to sacrifice them. But one day, uh, they, Antichrist is going to allow them to start doing all that stuff. And uh, but right now they don't have no place to sacrifice. Though they still keep these uh, religious uh, ceremonies and commemorating the exodus from Egypt. You get uh, that in Exodus chapter twelve, verse eight. Uh, you can go through Leviticus chapter twenty-three. Gives you more of the festivals that they used to celebrate. Um, interesting if you bring it to the New Testament it says in John 1 uh, John chapter 1 verse 29 we read the the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world so that picture they were doing there of you know not being uh, killed but protected by the blood here John uh, introduces Jesus as the Lamb of God which we see him here as he's getting closer to the cross that he's going to perform what the scripture was already saying. You get Isaiah chapter 53. He was led as a a lamb to the slaughter. You know, he opened his mouth. He was numbered with the transgressors and stuff like that. So, you know, it's interesting when Jesus gave his word, uh, uh, God gave his word that Jesus didn't go against what he said, but he he was the one that was going to be that Passover. But he had followed these things. And here we see that um, he's going to celebrate this Passover with them. And it says, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Now, his hour, his hour of what, what hour? It's the hour of glorification when he would go to the cross. Um, it's very interesting. I was looking up his hour. It's a lot mentioned through the Bible. Of he had a set time already. You know, he already knew this point was set. Throughout Scripture, you see it, Old Testament, whatever, It's it's set there. And we can just see God on the throne, His authority and His power, His all-knowing. Um, so it was a particular time. Uh, you guys remember at the, at the wedding in Canaan of Galilee, when they ran out of the wine there, they were celebrating the marriage, and uh, Jesus' mother says, hey, they ran out of wine, right? It says here in John chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Jesus said to her, woman... Which is not like woman, like you know that kind. But it was a ter- uh, term of endearment kind of like, um, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. This is the hour that he's speaking of, going to the cross to be to be glorified. It's interesting, you know. He's you think he knows she was talking about the wine, but his mind was set to be with the Father. Though you know, it's interesting. We also see in John chapter seven verse thirty. When, you know, they were trying to kill him, the Pharisees, trying to set him up and all this. In John chapter 7, verse 30, it says, But no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. You see, God in control here, you know. Man, if you look out through all the Bible, just God, speaking of stuff, having men share with others and it come to pass, you know. God is amazing, He's awesome, He's powerful. You know, uh, we can't forget that, man. (laughs) We're we're very... uh, Blessed to know Him, you know, and to have Him in our heart. In John chapter 12, verse 27, it says, My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. You know, it's a little later on when He's starting to come to the cross, and, you know, He's feeling all the pressure of the world and on Him, you know, because He was still, he had had his, his form as a man, body, who was dependent upon God. Um, you know, it was hard, man. He, he says, is there any other way? And he says, but for this purpose I came to this hour. You know, so he already knew who that hour was to him. It was a specific time, specific time. He, he Him already all knowing. Which brings up interesting question, you know, I mean, what if you or I knew what was going to happen the next day, when we are going to die and stuff, you know. I've heard it said if we knew the, the day we were going to die, we would sin up to that point. <laughs> it's probably true, you know. Uh, being that our hearts are wicked, desperately wicked, but uh, him, it's amazing. He knew all these things were coming, man. It was just in the way he, he was in control of it all, you know. He was, controlled himself. In Romans f- chapter 5, verse 6, it says, From when we were still sinners, oh, from when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So that time, you know, in due time, that hour, you know, specific. So you know, I just—I was just thinking about all this time. These, you know, as you think about hours and time and days, you know, Jesus every uh, every day of his life, I every very sick was dedicated to his father and serving him and serving others. Uh, which he was perfect, you know. Everything was always right on time, you know. Whether it be Lazarus who died and the sisters, you should have came a while longer, Lord. Why didn't you wait? You know, Jesus was patient in all this stuff, you know. Uh, He wasn't in a hurry, he already knew, you know. Um, Us, we get in a hurry, sometimes we go ahead of him, sometimes we're behind him. But the question we have to ask ourselves, you and me, is uh, we have a set time, you know. We have a a set time, I believe all of us. You know, God knows when we're going to go to be with him. What are we doing with the time that He's given to us? You know, I have my aunt who's dying of cancer. And she's just grateful for the 73 years that God's given her. And I'm like, man, you know, it helped me to think that I have the Lord in my heart. You know, I know who He is, you know. and Lord, I know I have to work, I'm married, I have to take care of my wife, and I have to take care of priorities, but what is there... Is there Time that I should be doing other things. There's times I'd be serving, helping, doing something, right? Whether we're married and we have to work. We have kids, grandchildren. Whether we're single, we're going to school. Whether we're retired. You know, we have a set amount of time. We're not here just to take up chairs and just to wait for Him to come. But we're to be busy about His business. We're to be serving, you know. As you see the time getting closer, you know. And if you are, that's awesome, you know. I just, I really took into consideration uh, just... You know, sometimes, you know, I love to go to air shows and I go, but, you know, I'm like, I always look for opportunities to uh, be able to serve. Lord, you know, what do you want to do? You know, I have, you know, what's going on this day? What's ahead of me, you know? Um, so, you know, for us, you know, what are we doing with our time that He's giving us here? You know, we have our priorities, of course, but, you know, what are we doing about the kingdom? Are we sharing? Are we serving? You know, because, like I said, I know we're here for a purpose, you know. If not, he would have took us home. So I just laid out to you because that was on my heart for myself also. So he already knew that his hour that it should come and he should depart from this world. And he go back to the Father. And it says, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That word that he loved them to the end. In Greek the word is istelos which is translated in the Greek, which means, and literally to perfection or completion. On John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, we have two grandchildren at home, and we teach her God's Word, and her parents teach her God's Word, and we try to live by example. And, you can see that love that she has towards people just from learning what Jesus, she hears of Jesus, you know. I mean, we're wise, yet be wise, you know, and, as serpents and harnesses does, but, you know, she's really open, she'll talk to people, you know, it's crazy. I mean, my son Aaron, he does. He used to do the same thing my wife used to tell me when he was uh, young, you know. And I say, hey, you don't know that guy, you know. would <laughs> just go, hey, how you doing? Jesus loves you, you know. And But he was taught that Jesus loved him, and he was seen it from his mom, and, and he wanted to share with others. This is the love that God's, God loved Jesus. Jesus knew this, you know. He knew it. And with that, He could be able to give out to others. Just as well as He loves us, we can give that out to others. In John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater, have, greater love has no one than this, than to lie down one life for his friends. You see here, He's going to, you know, I think about the soldiers, you know, that are out there in the war fighting. I don't even really know us, you know, and they're being killed for protecting this land, the people in the land. And that's awesome, you know. But here, Jesus is going to lay down His life, I mean, for, for people's sins, you know, for something He didn't do. And, and He was going to do it willfully, you know, joyfully and accept it, you know. He loved us. And we should lay down our lives for one another also, you know. Spending time with each other, you know, when someone needs help or something in the body, to help them out, you know, and pray about it and stuff, you know, sometimes there's those needs you need to just answer right away. On Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, Or famine? or nakedness, or pearl, or sword. And it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul knew this. Jesus knew this. Imagine Jesus is going through all this stuff. They're going to kill him. They're saying stuff about him. And he's just looking to the Father. What's well, so for us? We, that's what we need. We need to see this. Times getting rough. There's things going on in your life. Maybe the, the trial is going on. It's really rough. Um, but the Bible says, what can separate us from God's love? You know, my aunt is sick. She's dying. You know, what can separate us from his love? She accepted the Lord, and and I know where she's going, and we can have that peace and fellowship, and she just wants to enjoy the fellowship. It's awesome, you know. She says, I don't know what it is, mijo, but I have peace. I'm not scared to go. I'm like, wow, she's saved, man. Because of the words that are coming out of her mouth. It's not Mary, it's not this, because she was really religious Catholicism. But she's always talking about Jesus, 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 it's all about pointing to Him. It's amazing. What a beautiful witness. You know, wow. So what can separate us from the love of Christ, you know? Should be nothing. People were getting killed, you know, back in those days for sharing the gospel. Burnt. Bunch of stuff, you know. But nothing should be able to separate us from His love. To know that He loves you so much that He gave His life for you and me. And He knows the very hairs on all your heads. And He knows your thoughts more than the sand of the sea. It's very personal. He's your friend. So he loved him to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now we see here, it says uh, supper being ended, the devil having already put in his heart to betray him. What I want to do is, uh, because you've probably heard this a few times, and most of the time you're going to hear it is when he's at the, the, the supper here and at the communion when he's about to break bread, and he says, Where I give the piece of bread and dip it to, it, it's him who's gonna betray me. So, we got we, we, we have the privilege of knowing who it is. Jesus already knew all along who it was. Um, in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, it says, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Masquerade, who was numbered among the twelve. Now, if you guys remember a little bit before that, they went to the house in Bethany to the house of Simon the leper, you know, and uh, they had a feast for Jesus there, they had a, a supper there with him. Um, it's a different one than here, okay? Um, but at the end of those, most of the suppers there, what you'll find in Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 to 16, and Mark chapter 14, verse 10, the same one that they had there, after that supper there, it says here in Luke that he already had entered his heart. And I'm gonna kinda of bring a picture of uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say here. Um so after the, 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 the dinner the supper there at Bethany it says that you know, he went the the priests were wondering, you know, how we're gonna set him up, how we're gonna get Jesus, how are we gonna kill him, not during the Passover, you know, unless there be an uproar. So they're already looking for ways to set him up, you know. And um after this supper, not this one we're talking about now, but the one in Bethany at Simon's house, the leper, uh, he went to the to the priest and said, You know, what will you give me if I betray him to you? You know, he already had told them, if you guys remember, if you guys go through scripture, uh, and they, said, they told him 30 pieces of silver in it. And as you go through those Gospels, you read those parts on each one that I give you like in matthew chapter twenty six verse fourteen to sixteen mark fourteen ten he goes and he he tells him you know what are you, what are you going to give me you know and he says that he sought opportunity you know to go to to betray Jesus matter of fact in luke chapter twenty two verse six it says so he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude, so he was already you know on the move to do this stuff, and you know this is this is the, like in the same kind of uh, days around here. That this this supper here, the Passover, that that, hap- that that after that had happened at Bethany. So you imagine now here he came, and, and Satan's to fill his heart, you know, betray him. And we know that Jesus, it says in 1 Timothy six ten. he, he loved money, right? He loved the money, man. He loved the money, you know, and. With him, it was the money. Some people, it's was the eye, Some people, it's different things, you know, that they struggle with, you know. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You know, he loved the money. That was his thing. He loved money. You know, and we find out that one after he got that money, he just threw it and went and hung himself. You know, he's... <laughs> wow, a waste of time, huh? And you know that... We see that we think, oh, Judas, Judas. But, you know, there's a lot of times Judas is in the church, you know. There's some sitting in the church, you know, just trying to get women or trying to get something or trying to do something, you know. It's just, they're there, you know. God knows. Um, in James chapter 1, verse 14, it says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it, it is full grown, brings forth death. So, can you get the concept of how sin attacks us, right? You know, you start to see, start to marry, you start to go play with it. You know, you meddle around with it and it starts getting your heart and then you desire it and you go out and do it. And once you've done it, it, brings forth death. This was kind of the concept of what Judas did, right? He went and asked me, hey, what would you give me? You know, I mean, 30 pills of silver. So, he, at that time, he he looked for time to betray Jesus. You know? So, it was already there and he just started manifesting. So, he he could have... Just, you know, cut it short, you know. You say, hey guys, I'm having a problem with this. I want to betray Jesus, man. I want the money, you know. And maybe they could talk to him, you know. Who knows? I don't know. But, so we already know that Judas was had it in his heart to want to do this. And then we're seeing here that's it's going to come to pass when he actually, you know, does it. Where he's so blatant that he tells that one time when they're all asking, you know, is it I? Is it I? You know, is it me? You know, the disciples say it. And it says that Judas, face to face, told Jesus, is it I? I would have been, wow, man. Wow. You know, a small picture I got was, you know, my granddaughter. I love her so much. I do so much for her. I just love her, you know. I really love her. And sometimes I tell her, give me a kiss. Give me a hug. And you get away with you, Grandpa. Get away, you know. And to me, I was like, oh, man, right? I still love her, you know. I believe Jesus love.'" her. Judas, he already knew it. He loved them, though. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, he loved them, man. It's just... I don't know what people do. Punch them, get out of here, or whatever. He still knew it, but Jesus loved them. It's amazing. So we know that, you know, there's a few times it talks about him entering the heart. So it was, he was already planned in his heart, and he started just, you know... Pondering on it and just looking for opportunity. And as we go through the Bible, you're going to find out he find that opportunity, you know. Uh, and it wasn't worth it. Sin's not worth it. You know, it might seem fun for a season, but in the end, it's, it's destruction. It's not worth it. You know, us who are married, we have to protect our marriages. Men, ladies, those who are single, you got to protect yourself. Keep your body pure, holy, you know protect yourselves Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 says for in it that he himself has suffered being tempted he is able to aid those who are tempted so you know we get tempted You you guys know there's nothing wrong with being tempted you know what I'm saying it's what you do with it you know, I get tempted to knock someone out. I get tempted this or that, whatever it might be. He's, <laughs> I just say, I'm not real tough. I just, you know, sometimes I feel that way with drivers and this stuff, man. Uh... But he's able to, to to get us through that, you know, as we call out upon him. I know when I first became a Christian, the times times I had blown it. You know, I would just, uh, didn't call out to him. They didn't want to call out to him. And then I'm all oh, <laughs> cry, well, forgive me, you know. I should have did that before. <laughs> and so it's not... Jesus was tempted, you know. He fought with the Word of God. He was tempted by, by Satan. So He's able to give us the power to get beyond it, whatever it might be, whatever that temptation might be. Uh, you might be strengthened. You might bear under it. You might be strong, you know. You might get through these trials. Verse three it says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going to God. All things into His hands. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's after He died. You know, he received everything. Hebrews one chapter one verse one to three says, God who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers. By the prophets, has in His last days, spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed hearer of all things. You know, the Son, when the Father would die, He would give everything to the Son. You know, Jesus received all this power, man. Power. Power to heal people. If you go through the Bibles, you know, it's healing blind people. People couldn't even walk. Heal them right there. No doctor, nothing. Jesus was the doctor, the physician there. He had the power to forgive people for their sins. Who is this man He can forgive sins? It's Jesus can forgive sins. He had power to stop the, the waves, the, the thundering and the storm that the disciples were in when they were in the sea. He commanded the waves to stop and they did. Power. He's powerful. He's given you, me, and power. We have power. By the Holy Spirit, you know, and not like some of these you might see on TV—they get outrageous and weird. But power under control—we we should be, you know. We have power from Him—that's amazing. Imagine He created the heavens and the earth just by speaking it to it. He knows everything, beginning to end. That's why we have this Bible here. Every jot, every title, everything's going to be fulfilled one day. The whole thing. And he already spoke it before he even had people write it. (laughs) He already knew it. Powerful. He says, and he knew that he had come from God and he was going to God. John chapter 8 verse 13 to 14 says, The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. He knew where he was going. He set his face a flint. He was ready to go to be with the Father. Man, how the love that he has for his Father. He just wanted to be back with him. And he knew where he was going. None of this thing phased him. None of this stuff moved him. Does it move us, the things that come into our life, the things we see? Do you know where you're going after this? Do you have that hope that He's coming back for you? We have to set our face like a flint too, you know, looking forward to the coming of the Lord whenever it might be. Each day, you know, we know where we're going. I know that my Redeemer lives. We're going to be with Him forever and ever and ever. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope my aunt has. Awesome, man. To know that hey, this is not going to last forever. This is going to be kapush one day. Now. And it goes on to verse uh, 4. Is f- or verse f- yeah, verse 4. He rose from supper and laid aside his garments. Took a towel and girded himself, and that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now it says he took a towel and girded himself. In Matthew twenty twenty eight, it says, "Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many." Remember we talked about that power. You see it under control. John's picturing Jesus here as a servant. He says he didn't come just to be served, but to serve. He became an example to us of how we should live our lives as Christians, right? You see that powerful Jesus now grabbing a towel and beginning to wash his disciples' feet. As we know, that was mostly the job of a slave in the home. Uh, sometimes they would come to the houses and. Uh, they were given water to wash their own feet sometimes, too. Remember when Jesus was invited to, I think it was Simon's house, and he says, uh, and the sinner woman, he didn't give her name, just his sinner, because people get confused with some of those. He said, the sinner woman, she, now down she's wiping his feet with her hair and all that. He tells Simon, you know, I came in, you gave me no kiss, nothing, you didn't even give me no water for my feet. <laughs> you know, wash my feet. But this woman hasn't stopped with her tears on my feet. As we know, sometimes they'd be on long journeys, and they had sandals and stuff. They'd come in and wash their feet off. You know, it reminds me of the time. Uh, I went one time with my wife for her, I think it was Valentine's or her birthday. Ladies, you're aware of this. They do the nail thing, and, you know, that pedicure or whatever, panicure. I don't know what it's called. But My wife laughs at me. I don't remember. But she wanted me to go, and we're sitting in this chair, and they're doing your toes, and asking, you want this done? like, I look at my wife, because I don't know they, I know they're going to start charging for everything they do. but So I'm like, look at my wife. She'll say no. And then, yeah, you know. So I'm sitting there. It feels good, right? Getting your nails done, you know. I felt kind of weird, too, from the life I came from. It's like, you know. Yeah. But I enjoyed it, man. You clean your toes. You feel you feel relaxed. You feel served. You know, these women are there. I'm sure they're doing it for the money and stuff, too. But, I mean, to do that, it's like, Wow. Jesus here is, is, is gonna wash their feet. And let me tell you, man, there's a guy in my work, man, this guy's feet. You can be a mile away and smell his feet, man. I just had to put that out there. You know, and I'm thinking about feet out and like, whatever well, you know, kinda of stuff like that. I'm like, hey but you know, we know the example that he's gonna teach here. Um and this is uh, to wipe their feet with a towel and he was, in which he was girded. Then he, right? I get lost sometimes. Uh. So he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna show himself as a servant here, a powerful, loving servant. Awesome. And says, so then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" <laughs> I he knows, who God, he knows who Jesus is. Man, you you, son of God, man. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Hey, you know, I should be doing that to you. You're going to be the king of kings. I'm going to wash your feet. You can understand that, right? I mean, like you're going to wash Xavier's feet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Jesus is he here doing the opposite. He came and washing their feet, just like I believe our pastor would do too. You know, if... Which is not all about the feet. We're gonna get the concept here. Which a lot of people, you guys know, some churches believe that this, They have a rituals on this, and Jesus said to do it. Look at it. You, know, you know. I'm like, you go ahead and do it. I ain't gonna do it. You know, I, I do the spiritual one better. You know. So people do have the feet washing thing, ceremonies and stuff. Um. It says you washing my feet. Then verse seven says, Jesus answered, said to him, What I'm doing, you do not understand now. But, but you will know after this. Now you got to remember, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, right? They were just like I me mean, you. Remember when we were dead, you guys and, and ladies, men and ladies? Uh, <laughs> you don't understand Scripture. You might have known a little bit, but you didn't know it, you know. It's like you didn't understand it. Just like my aunt. She, I'm sorry I keep mentioning my aunt, but it, it's something that I just see her life right now. is just awesome. It's awesome. She didn't understand a lot of stuff I told her about Jesus either. She had a concept of things people said and she was taught by people, which was not right. But she knows the truth now. She knows the light's been turned on, you know. She's happy. She understands, man. Just like me and you understand when Jesus saved us. You know, one of the first things I understood was and the light shined in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. I understood that when I first got saved, I was like, what? I understand my eyes, have seen, the scales have been lifted off of my eyes, my heart. We can understand the scriptures, which there's some people, you know, teach, and Peter says, you know, some things are hard to understand, which unstable men twist to their own destruction. That's why you hear a bunch of these heresies going around, because they're teaching stuff that they don't even understand. I don't even think they went and checked it out like a brain to see if it was so. John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Awesome, man. I mean, you have the Holy Spirit. You realize the men who wrote this were filled with the Holy Spirit, were led by the Holy Spirit. God breathed what to put in here. So when you put it all together, it speaks of Jesus points to jesus who is talking about jesus says, yeah you search the scripture and then you you know you think you have eternal life and we do but these are what speak of me jesus says this is and the word became flesh and dwelt among us jesus is the word awesome man mean you can understand it we we have the holy spirit i tell the kids when i teach them you know it's like if i understood my only language is maybe japanese you know i try to read something in english i would I'd be lost forever you know you can understand it. Same thing, you know. We didn't understand those things the Bible said. We had a little concept maybe, but didn't really understand what it meant. Here, Peter's not understanding either. A lot of times he doesn't understand. A lot of stuff he's going to explain to them, they don't understand. But I love it after he rises. Then he's, oh, do you remember when he said that he was, this was going to happen? Well, the lights went on. The lights went on because the Holy Spirit, they got. Are you studying God's Word? Are you reading His Word? Are you checking to see if those things are so? Are you doing it now? Because you hear a lot of false teachings nowadays out there from great men, men that I used to, like, wow, awesome, brother, who are now, I don't know where they're at, lost and being tricked, deceived by the enemy. So we have the Holy Spirit, we can understand what He's saying to us. Isn't that awesome? Same spirit that they had to write the Bible, me and you have to understand it. Awesome. Verse 9 says, Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> you know, you know it was the whole thing, Lord, you know. Because the Lord said it, Jesus said it, he let me do this, Peter. All right, Lord, he finally did uh, go for it. You know, he says, you don't understand now, you know, I mean... We know Peter was going to go through denial of Jesus Christ. I'm sure this stuff was coming to mind. I'm sure after when Jesus came and he seen him on the ocean fishing. So come on, what are you guys doing? He jumped out and swam over to the ocean, uh, the sea and they all came. And Jesus talked to him, do you love me? He said, yes, you know, I love you. But he couldn't see it like with a, yeah, you know. He knew he loved them, but he knew he wasn't fully there. He knew it. Jesus knew it. But he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. Restoration is awesome. Restoration is awesome. He doesn't come to castigate us when we mess up. He wants to restore us. He knows that we're being transformed to be like his son, Jesus Christ. And we'll be like him when we're totally when we're dead, you know, out of here. Well, not spiritually, but physically. Peter was going to go through some rough stuff. Even after that he understood as you read through all the gospels and even through Peter and all you understand, he's like, Wow. He understood finally, he knew what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are all clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would be who would betray him. Therefore he said, You're not all clean. So you can kind of get the picture, you know, they would just go and wash their feet, because their feet get dirty, they're walking, you know, here and there. Me and you drive and stuff, but you know, those days they were walking around a lot. And so I know you guys when you come home to work, from work, it's nice to wash your feet, and the water feels good, all that dirt off, chemicals, whatever you work with, you know, like me, chemicals, whatever, feels good. So we know he's not, he's bringing in an illustration here, of not just, not the body, but of an inward First Corinthians six eleven says, "But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the and by the Spirit of our God." You know, what I mean, you were washed from our sins. We we're cleansed. Our hearts has been cleansed. We've been forgiven from all the stuff we've done, and we we might sin the next day, but we confess our sin. And I'll get to that. First John 5, or First John 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, you get that picture of the walking in dirt, walking around, washing their feet, get clean. You know, me and you, we walk in this world, you know. You're all non believers sometimes at work, you know, so that stuff comes off, man. You know, I heard one illustration, it's like, you know, we have this clean white shirts and, uh, the people who don't know Jesus have the dirty shirts. By us rubbing on that sure, it's not going to make us clean, you know. So we know that a lot of stuff we hear and stuff. We got to protect our hearts and minds with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So we have to guard our hearts and minds. Things we hear, you know, walk away. You know, my coworkers, they're cool, and sometimes they get a little weird with their mouths and stuff, you know. And it's, and you know, so I feel sometimes bad. I come home and I'm joking my wife sometimes, and something will slip out. I'm like, oh Lord, you know. And it's because, you know, I'm going to protect myself. clean okay, me Lord. You guys too. You have to do it too. You know, we need to be washed. We walk through this world. Things you see, things you hear, you know. We need to, to, to clean our hearts, you know, protect ourselves. Because you know the enemy wants to destroy you, right? It's amazing when my aunt, even to the end, my, the devil wants to destroy my aunt. He'll bring thoughts to her and, you know, while she's dying, you know. Oh, great Satan. He doesn't care. Not even for little kids. He'll deceive them too. That's how wicked he is. Evil. Okay. I'm getting riled up. This is what the kids, man, I love the kids. And you see all this stuff through the TVs and the music. Man. Like my co-worker says, no respect. Are you teach, if you have kids, are you teaching them God's word, the truth, so they may know the truth? Grandchildren, you can share some stuff. Ask mom, it's okay. Share it with your granddaughters, your grandsons. Them know the truth, so they can protect them from the lies that are being pushed around, even getting worse. So then it says he already knew who was going to betray him. That's why he says you're not all clean. You know, a lot of people, you know, you get the baptism when they wash themselves thinking it's going to cleanse them. And we know that doesn't do nothing for nobody. But it's what Jesus has done by His shed blood. It cleanses us. Remember the Old Testament would just cover them when they sacrificed the lamb. It would just cover them for the set time which was about to come. Now we get cleansed. We get washed. So we confess our sins when we messed up. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Don't let the enemy say, oh, he doesn't forgive you this time. You blew it. You really did the big one now. Bible says you confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you. The advocate, Jesus Christ, is your defense. But you have to confess it. If you don't, or you keep meddling with it, or we, people keep doing it, it's just going to get them, you know. I've seen it since I've been here. Verse 12 says, So when he had washed their feet, he had taken his garment, he sat down, and he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? <laughs> they probably was like, No. We don't understand. We don't have the Holy Spirit yet. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Not denying that He's their teacher and He's their Lord. Verse 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And like I said, there are some people, some churches that, you know, actually think it's a literal washing of your feet and stuff. Though he might, he's doing it here, he's trying to bring in a a teaching just like he's always done. You know, he uses stuff on the surf, speaks of stuff on the surf to bring in a spiritual teaching. You know, he does stuff that we're familiar with to bring in something, uh, a spiritual teaching, you know. It's awesome, huh? It's, whether it's a rock, a piece of grass, it don't matter. You know, Jesus will use it, you know, to bring in the heavenly meaning. So they didn't understand, I believe, you know, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. But he's told me, I said, I give you an example. Remember, he's our example. I tell the kids, he's our example. Your mom and dad, they should be following Jesus and they're your example to you, but your primary example is Jesus. Your pastors should be following the Lord and see that as an example too, but your primary example is Jesus. Did Jesus do it? Did you say it? it is, it's in scriptures. It in Acts. You know, you have to test it. You have to follow it. Because a lot of people follow cunning ways. You know, and it's sad. Because they think it's true. And these guys are deceiving them. You know. you know, they need to read. They need to look. Open your eyes. Don't be lazy. Get in there. You got time. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 it says, For as the body is one and has many, Members, But all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether drug addicts or whatever you were, you know, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. That's all of us here, I hope, right? We all have the Lord. For in fact, the body is not one, but many members. I think about marriages, you know, the how the husband's to treat his wife as God loved the church. Gave himself for the church. Where and man is to give himself for our wives, the closest ones to us, our partners right there, right there. You know, the part of us, not different, they're not separate. You know, the Bible says, you know no one's ever hated his body, you know, you you cherish it and nourish it. Same way the Lord does the body, you know. I like to work out, I love to run, I just love, it. I just my past, you know, with all the stuff I've been through, one of my things I love to exercise, whatever. You know, I'm not like a big old freak about it, but I do it. You know, I love it. And I'm to love my wife the way I love myself. To care for her, to read the Bible to her. And let me tell you, it's hard, because a lot of times we don't. We have to get in there, though. It says to, to wash our our wives with the washing of the Word. You guys who are single, you don't know that. Yeah. Now you do. Now you do you know the word of God and if you get married or whatever God has that for you then uh, to share the word it's the word that's going to cleanse you right it's his words of eternal life uh, we're to love one another as a body you know we're brothers and sisters here not enemies we're brothers and sisters to care for one of you just like you would care for me I'm not only just to take care of my family and look out for my stuff at home but you know I see people around need help or whatever in the body help them You know, he pictures us as a body, as a whole body, you know. Philippians uh, chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. How can we be like-minded? By being in his word. By putting on the mind of Christ. You know, we can treat each other other the way God wants us to treat. The way He treats us. We want to treat each other. Having the same love. Being of one accord. Of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambitions or conceit. But in loneliness of mind. Lowliness of mind. Humbleness, right? Humility. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look now not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name that which is above every name. He's teaching here of, of servitude. Remember, He's Jesus. They don't know He's powerful. He heals people, man. And now He's washing their feet. And it's not about the washing the feet. What He's trying to bring in, He's using this concept to say that you need to be humble servant to serve. Just like Jesus came to serve, not to be served. We need to serve. That's what our thing is. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's our example. We serve. We serve the body here. You know, I don't know where you're at. I know God's given you uh, gifts. And you probably also got talents, you know, but gifts in the church. He's given every one of us at least one. And, we, you know, I know a lot of you are serving and all that. Or some of you maybe not. What are we doing? we occupying time? Are we occupying time? Waste of time, or are we valuing our time in serving in the body here, praying for another one, one uh, for one another. Uh, if someone needs a ride, you know, whatever might be, elder, the Lord leads you—not man, but the Lord leads you. Not only you—you you know, it's your relationship with Him. What He wants you to do. I can't tell you. No one else can tell you. I could probably see what you kind of working in your life, but it's up to you to to make that decision. And if you serve and continue, don't give up. Look for more opportunities. You know, hey Lord, I got to go work today. What, what you got planned today? You know, so it's amazing. I've been finding a lot of accidents on the freeway and stuff. And I like to pull over. You don't even see people pull over and help people no more. I'm so scared of what might happen, or you know. And true, it is. But I pull over and help people out, man. You know, I see them flip over and you know, I got a big truck. Who's what? I'm not going to get hurt if you hit me. <laughs> I tell you that. And so I stop and help them, you know, and I look for opportunities to share. Whatever it might be, you know, I don't serve, I don't pick up someone's trash off off the floor, I don't know. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. So you guys know throughout the whole thing, they're always talking about who's going to be the greatest. They thought he was going to come and rule, Jesus was going to come and rule and reign here on earth. Even mean, I think some of the disciples' moms like, right, you know, what's in my sons, you know, who's the greatest, you know, who wants to be the greatest, yeah. You know, they probably got all this concept in their head, man. You know, you're rolling with Jesus, man. What's up? Oh, yeah. What you got? What you got? You know, be at your right hand. You know, he said, you're able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink, cup of suffering, yeah. You know, they thought they were they're going to be the man of the hour. And they are. You know, they've, they've written God's word, but in the right way. So we know they were. Who's the greatest? And you know, brethren, who's going to be the greatest? You know, pride goes before destruction. The Bible talks about, and the Holy spirit before the fall. You know, you see, thing about Judas, man, just uh, blew it. Holy spirit, man, you know what he, pride. I don't know what. But we see it happen. It happens. You know, it, he was human too. But us as Christians, believers, we have to be careful. And especially those on the pulpit, man. Some of these guys, I'm like, man. They think they really need, need to be there. The guy is lost without them. And they're doing more hurt to people than good. Yet they think they're the greatest. Hmm. So we see the example that he said here is a servant, a loving, powerful servant to serve. We've got power. Man, to serve... And then in the verse seventeen he ends, "If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them." So, doers. James 1.25 says, "But he who works, who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does." You know, many times you hear Jesus. You know they hear, yeah, hear, hear. You know one year out the other, what are they doing? Let us say, I'm Christian. I'm Christian. What are you doing about it? I have faith, brother. I have faith. Yeah, you know, you just sitting faith or what? I don't, I don't want that one. You know, faith without works is dead. We're saved totally by what Jesus done on the cross. We all know that He's done it all. He paid for my sins. But knowing that it was something we should do But I know when I first got saved and uh, I was in a place that couldn't really do what I wanted, but when I was leaving that place, I had flyers, man, and I wanted to hand them to everybody, you know, go under the door and slide it to them. But I couldn't because, you know, it just wasn't allowed. It was automatic by the Holy Spirit. I didn't know, you know, what was going on. I just, it was in my heart to do something, you know. Some of them say, you know, I have faith, you know. It shows you, I'll show you my faith by my works, you know. It says, not that we work to try to earn it, but if we believe that Jesus is coming soon to take us out of here, we believe that maybe our bodies are going to be with Him one day. We know these things, we will be moving, right? Are we moving? We're moving, right? Everybody moving? Are you serving? Are you sharing? (laughs) You know, it's not a dead faith. And I'm not telling you, I know a lot of you are doing a lot of that, but I'm just, time can go by where we can just be kind of stagnant, you know, just come to church, hear the pastor, go back home, have a good breakfast, dinner, whatever it is, go to work. You know, our every day that we do, whether it's here at service or we're working or going to air shows, whatever it might be, you know, God wants to use us. A working faith, man. I believe He's coming. I'm going to do something about it. If I was driving this way and I seen a big hole, i say, yeah, I see there's a hole there. And I know if I fall, I'm going to die in the car. I would be foolish not to tell the next person behind me that, hey, there's a hole over there. Right? People, we if you're doing stuff, that's awesome. You know, we just encouragement that we uh, you know, serve whatever capacity God has for you. You know, and each day you go to work, looking forward to the opportunity. Maybe even prayer, people, they say, oh, it's just a prayer. Prayer is a lot, man. You know, I, I prayed, and you know, God is so gracious. I had a nephew who had a leukemia. Little real short. <clears throat> he was young, and then uh, he beat it. You know, then his dad got it. Now he has a, he just beat it. But I went to Disneyland with my granddaughter, whom I love. <laughs> and... You know, we're playing around, she's playing around, and, you know, she's she got a little heart problem, so kind of right now, you know, but... So she gets all active. Once it's going, man, that heart's pumpy, You know, she wants to climb up everything, right? So I have to kind of, like, bring her down, you know? And then I look, and I see this guy. I say, look it, the guy is watching you. And soon or the guy looks at me, and I look at him, and he pulls his glasses out. I didn't recognize him, but, it, you know, it was, it was my, my nephew, my cousin's uh, stepson. And I'm like, God, you're so gracious. I'm not saying it was my prayers. I put in prayer requests. I was putting in prayer requests. I know people pray, and I know God hears prayers. But God allows us to see sometimes his work. Seeing that boy there working. He's had leukemia. He's working. What's going on? He loves helping the children now. That's his thing. Let's put him on the right. Come on, you know. He feels good about giving to others. He allows us to see those things sometimes, man. It's just, it's awesome, man. Like, wow, Lord, to see what He can do, that He hears your prayers. Sometimes He will show you to encourage you. Man, He's awesome. So, as you go on, there's going to be a bunch of uh, discussions with the disciples. He's going to be encouraging them. A lot of stuff He's going to be talking to them. It's like, you know, when someone's about to die, you know, they have their family there, their sons or whatever to instruct them. You know, you can have my truck, Aaron, you know, and uh, you, you know, <laughs> pass your little things on, their money, where it's going to go and all that. Jesus is, 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 knows his time is coming. He's going to start encouraging the disciples, giving them his word. You can see he's praying for them. Like I said, it's about 24 to 36 hours from thir- verse, chapter 13 to verse 17 here in John. And because uh, he knows he's going to leave, so he's giving his children, his disciples, uh, his word, because they're going to take over, not take over, they're going to serve in the church, they're going to go around, and God is going to use them to raise up churches, and to be watchmen over the churches, to feed the flock, not to fleece the flock, to serve others, not be served, you know, it's awesome, and we can apply a lot of this stuff to our lives, one of them is, a uh, He's great, and He's in us, and He wants to work through us. Our capacity, He wants to use you. Allow Him to serve, uh, work through you, work with Him. To, you know, just serving Him and being busy about His business till the day comes. Who knows when? Let's pray, dear Father. He come before You, Lord. Oh Lord, You are mighty Father. You are holy, Lord. You are all-knowing, Father. You're omniscient omnipotent father and you're in our hearts lord thank you for this time with the body my family my brothers and my sister here to partake of your word lord that we might grow there by your word father today and the things we've heard you know each of our hearts lord god and you know we fall short father you know or just our slackness our laziness maybe lord whatever it might be father our comfortability you would stir up our hearts father that You would open doors for us to be able to share Your Word and most of all, to live Your Word for, for, in front of others, Lord. And to love one another as You loved us, Lord. You said the, the people would know us by our love for one another, Lord. Your love, Father, is so amazing, Lord. Sacrificial love, serving attitude, Lord. We thank You for this body here, Lord. Pray to protect them. We pray for our pastors. You protect them, Lord. We pray for those who've turned away, Father, that you would bring them back. Pray for those pastors who are swaying from your word, that, Father, you would bring them back, They would come to their senses, Lord. Protect us, Lord. We look forward to your coming, Lord. Help us just to look to you each day, Lord, because you're the one that we need to look to. You're the author and finisher of our faith, Father. You're our example. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.